I think that really the people always say dream big. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really true because if you dream small and you land halfway, where are you? Not much, right? If you dream really big and you land halfway, you're still quite high. Right. No, I think that I was just reading that in the book. It was talking about. Hey, 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 welcome back to Just Doing Life with your favorite podcast host, Megan. Uh, Yep, that's me. Welcome back, everybody. I forgot, or actually, I I don't even, I didn't even forget. I just didn't realize, but I've hit 30 episodes. That's a clapping moment, I think, because most podcasts only make it to like five. I'm not even kidding. There's millions out there and most people only make it to five. So I made it to the big three O. So I think that deserves some celebration. What doesn't deserve celebration is the fact that I've been a little bit inconsistent the past couple weeks, but that is okay. You know, I just got busy and lazy and that's fine, but it's great because because of that laziness and not putting episodes out, it made me reach out to a bunch of random strangers again, as always. And today's episode is my first out of USer. How freaking cool. I interview somebody who lives in Belgium and it was a fantastic episode. Rebecca, you'll hear from her shortly, but I don't know. It was just a great episode and I was really happy. I was excited. Like, look at that. Making friends with people across the ocean. Which ocean? Don't ask me. I don't know geography very well, but anyways. Um, so that is right around the corner here. Before I get into that, I did put in my notes, um, You know, one thing that recently came up was I had a phone call that I had to hop on with a bunch of new people from work. And one of the icebreakers was, what's your favorite food? And I full-blown panicked. I don't, don't ask me why, because I freaking love food. And so I like, I could have named so many better things like egg rolls or sushi or popcorn even because popcorn's a classic good food, but like something, something good. (laughs) You know what I said? I sounded like a total basic bitch because I said banana oatmeal. (laughs) Favorite food is banana oatmeal. Who are you? I don't even know. I was, I was honestly so embarrassed after the fact. And then I like, because I was realizing how stupid of an answer that was and how embarrassing that was, I proceeded to go on about banana oatmeal. So I probably had like a 30 second monologue about why I love banana oatmeal. So that's, that's that for you. So, you know, for your weekly motivation, if you do something embarrassing, just remember Megan told everybody her favorite food was banana oatmeal. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, there's not really much for me to add on to at the end of this. I think In this episode, you'll hear a lot about just not getting stuck in a rhythm. Um, And you'll hear from Rebecca that she changed jobs quite a few times, which her reasons, the way she went about it, I think, was so strategic without being intentionally strategic, if that makes sense. So she had goals, she had ambitions, but it wasn't like she knew she needed to get these next steps checked off of her plate in order to advance her career. She kind of just went with the flow, but also knew that in the long run, she had to be making advances towards whatever long-term profession she wanted, even if she didn't know it right then and there. Um, I feel like that probably made your mind go all over the place because I didn't really sum that up very nicely. So maybe, you know what you should do? Maybe you should just stick around for the next 30 minutes and listen to the words straight out of Rebecca's mouth. So here we go. Welcome, Rebecca. 
You look so professional. So oh like, my gosh. Can you Thank you. Me? I was just about to warn you in advance. It's a Sunday morning here. And I was like, I look groggy. I need to wake myself up. So thank you. <laughs> so, well, I guess we'll get into it. Um, Cause I want to give a little introduction before um, so we can hear all about it. Cause you're my first out of the U S interview. So That's it's so very say. exciting. Yeah. So, California, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I love that. You know that because I swear everybody's from California. And so I'm, I'm glad to uh, spice it up now. Hey everybody. I have Rebecca here with me today. I'm going to give Rebecca the floor in a second to just talk about herself. Um, but before I do, I love, I know you guys love learning how I find these people. So I made a post on Reddit and Rebecca was kind enough to reach out. I think you like commented or, or messaged me directly and yeah. we're super open to having this conversation. So thank you in advance. And if you want to go ahead and give an introduction about yourself, cause I know nothing <laughs> um, about where you're from, uh, some of your high hobbies, what you like to do, anything you want the listener to know. And we'll dive into the career stuff in a bit here. So keep it just fun about yourself. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for an audience and probably the only one not coming from America and definitely not from California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally from China. So I come okay. from Beijing, um, left China about 20 years ago. So I think I was 15. So anyway, I come from China. I'm actually located in Belgium, um, not in Brussels. So in a small town outside of Brussels, moved out for my kids. So my hobby, I think I, I, I like cooking. And I think that's because I have been living in different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the Chinese part. Sometimes you just want to mix up a little bit of different food. And so yeah. cooking will be my hobby, I think. I hate cleaning. So, <laughs> that's so you pass it off to the people that you give the food to, right? Their job is the, is the cleaner. Yeah, usually like, I've done food. this part. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the rest is like a lot of people traveling, um, loving good wine. And uh, I have a different new hobbies sometimes just pop up. Now I just love fish aquariums. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. I think it's the pandemic. You stuck home. So what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Some- yeah. So, so by like aquariums, do you mean like visiting like museums or something, or, or do you just have a full, like big tank in your house? <laughs> I have tanks in my house. <laughs> do you really? Very cool. Do you have like, don't tell me you have one of those big like walls of fish. Do you? No. Okay. No. okay. I, I, I think, um, that's too much maintenance for me and a lot yeah. of cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so we just, we're just talking like fish bowls all scattered throughout the house. It's just like um, 100 liter. I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay, so big tank. Gallons. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. not small fish bowls. Okay. <laughs> but not a huge long one. You yeah. Think. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I love that introduction. Thank you for giving a little bit about yourself. I, I like doing that just to, you know, break the ice a bit before we dive into some of this career stuff. Um, but with that, really, my goal here is to learn about your career journey, how you kind of winded through some difficult challenges as you got to where you are today. I know you said in your message that um, you had a hard time when you first moved with, you know, the language barrier and everything. So would love to hear about that. And, and just so you know, from, from my background, the reason I'm doing this is because I still don't know what I want to do with my life. And I know that there's so many people out there who feel the same way. They, they see all these people who are successful and it looks like it just happened like that. Right. But by talking with other people and having these conversations, 
it's very clear that it's not a very linear path to where people are getting to. And a lot of people go through these winding journeys. So I just want to provide a platform to share some of those stories. So if we could start with really wherever you feel comfortable starting, but a lot of people take me back to like high school days, what they were thinking then, um, because we all have these big aspirations at that time in our lives. And then kind of how that transitioned into if you went off to college um, and your first jobs from there. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's the reason I responded to your Reddit because I think there's so many people out there and I went through (laughs) probably a little bit different path than the normal American girls and guys, because I have a different background and culture, even though I left China when I was 15. So just for the audience as well, when I send it a message, I literally come to Europe in um, the Heathrow airport with dictionaries in my hand. Because um, I thought I was good with my language back in China. Oh, yeah, no problem. I can handle it. When I arrived at the airport, I couldn't understand a word they said to me to pass the casting control. So I had a Chinese-English dictionary to go through that um, path. I was 15. Um, Were you by yourself? I was by myself. Um, We booked kind of um, language school. So the, the idea was go there six months, um, get your language sorted, have some environment, uh, the right environment, not just the, what we say, Chinglish, so kind of a mix English and Chinese. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole purpose. And that was when I was 15 and 20 years on, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so you figured it out, obviously. I, I did. I think yeah. I bumped in some, into some walls, but uh, eventually made it. So I think in high school, or at least when I was in China, you have a lot of those, your career decisions kind of made with your parents. So we went through like, oh, I want to be a doctor. And my, my mom, I remember my mom said, don't be a doctor. It's really tiring. You need a lot of, especially if you want to be a good surgeon, you need to you know, stand for 12 hours, 15 hours. That's very tiring. Choose a career that is easy. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, uh, what about being an artist? Because I love to draw. I love something creative. And they said, no, you're not going to make a lot of money. So that was gone. And I said, what about a lawyer? I like to talk. And then, you know, lawyer seems pretty cool. And they said, no, don't be a lawyer because you will get into trouble. Okay. So ended up with, it's better to be a con- accountant. And I was like, oh, that's boring. And guess what I ended up with? My <laughs> first real job was in finance. Was it? Okay. <laughs> so I was completely against being in finance or accounting. Um, but somehow, I think when I, I did a university in Switzerland for hotel management, then I realized I'm really good with numbers. The cliche part of the Asian, you're really good with numbers. <laughs> okay, so I, I think I then I moved to Belgium. I did a business study, transitioned from hotel management because it was kind of I get bored. Hotel is the same. You stay what in made there. you originally want to go into hotel management? It was, whew, it's not simply about the choice. I think it's just the opportunity of um, 20 years ago to get out of China, to have a visa is very difficult. And that okay. was the easier path, I think, back then. Okay. Uh, having the school application done, then I could easily get student visa. Okay. Yeah. And hotel management seems really nice and you learn different culture or the European way of living. So it was, it was a good fit. 
and partially with the business as well in there. Mm -hmm. But I worked uh, between the years and study hotel management. You work in the hotel as an uh, internship. And I just realized it wasn't really for me. It was kind of limited or wasn't. Yeah, I didn't click. So I decided to go full into business. So I went study, continue my study in Belgium, did a business administration where I majored in finance, actually finance and a business strategy because I like numbers. Mm-hmm. Then when I get out of the university, it was very difficult to find a job. I still remember when I send out applications back then, it's still by letter, right? You write your letter, you send it, and you receive all those things formally in your mailbox. And one letter was specifically saying, because I was not a graduate in certain school, and they are not sure if I can speak English. So wow. it was like, they didn't even give you a chance to yeah. have an interview. Yes. Yeah, like pick up the phone and call me or something. They just exactly. assumed, oh, like, wow, that's Point blank, done. So it was not easy. So I found a job finally in a startup company doing medical device, importing and exporting, doing all the tenders for hospitals. It was really good learning because you learn a lot of things about heart conditions, neurological conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, there I had a good mentor who told me, if you want to make it, if you want to do your own business one day or grow in the corporate world, you better learn finance because you need to understand how business runs, what's the profitability. Then I just uh, applying every job that's have a job title with financial analyst in it. Okay. <laughs> the classic LinkedIn, the LinkedIn search of everything and anything. <laughs> yeah. Back then I think there's no LinkedIn yet. So it yeah. was really like every newspapers. Yeah. Or- you're like, I'm imagining you walking through the streets and just pulling all the numbers oh. off of the flyers. <laughs> everything with financial analysts. I just uh-huh. applied. And I, I eventually got one. I think it's just about determination. I think I probably applied hundreds of them. Then I got in as a financial analyst. Worked out for me. Um, then without bore everybody, I think you mentioned a lot of the people go through career or life, doesn't know where we want to go, what's the passion. I Yesterday, for a different reason, I was calculating how many jobs I had. I had 11 jobs. I had 11 jobs um, Probably not always finance. I had 11 jobs in eight, maybe seven different function slash industry mm-hmm. throughout my 20 years, 18 years, um, 18, I think. 18 wow, that's years. quite a bit. Yeah. So across seven different, fu- yeah, that's interesting. I was just about to ask if, I think a lot of people, or I'm speaking for myself here, but um, get nervous about niching down too specifically into one role. And I think there's a lot of pros and cons to either sticking within one industry and getting really, really good at whatever that that job role is, or you know, getting that industry knowledge versus using the time to explore all of these other different fields. I think that's a battle that a lot of people face. I'm facing it now. I'm thinking okay, I'm 23. Do I want to focus really specifically on healthcare and get really, really good at healthcare so that in 10 years, you know, I'm going to be the expert or does that run the risk of in 10 years, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I wanted to pursue life sciences or I wanted to pursue finance or whatever it may be. So that's interesting that you had the set the latter of the two experiences, exploring a lot of different things. Yeah. And I, I think 
I did a lot of things. The reason I was doing that yesterday because I'm also doing some coaching on the side to help people to how to transition a career, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I was calculating how many career I, uh, jobs I had. So I had 11 jobs. I never, every time I moved, I didn't have a setback. So what I'm trying to say is uh, you're young and for the older young listeners, you know, just go out there. And if you've decided that you want to change, give a try. There's mm-hmm. nothing should hold you back, especially I think we have so much transferable skill sets. Yeah. Unless, of course, unless you want to be really as a specialist and grow just on that ladder, but should, it shouldn't hold you back if you want right. to go try out something. So I'm curious, when you were making these jumps to new positions, can you think of moments or, or just mentality that you were having at those points where you were thinking, okay, it's time to move on. This isn't really set, like satisfying what I want, um, or maybe your goals were changing. Yeah, I think it's more goal is changing. And I'm very clear, and I still tell people today because I have a big team as well. I'm telling people today, it's, it's actually on my Instagram too. Make sure it's okay to walk away from something, but it's always better to walk towards a goal. So let's say you get bored in this job. You really like, oh, I feel like two years. I don't learn anything anymore. I feel bored. I just want to leave. Yeah, you you can. But it's always better to know why I want to leave, what I will be interested in, and then go there. It may not be, it may change again in two years time, but at least you are progressing rather than just walking away from something, not having any idea. I love that. That uh, you just found. I love when I hear something where I want to clip that part so I can have it as like my little like moment at the beginning of the episode because that's that is so powerful. Walking towards something rather than just walking away. I love that. Yeah, I put that on my Instagram as well. I think it's helping people to just give a moment of reflection of what am I trying to do because walking away is easy, Mm -hmm. but if you don't know where you're walking towards. It's like a lot of people like to say, like driving a car. If you don't have a goal, you will just take a car for a ride, right? Mm-hmm. And then you come back to your home, same right. spot. So it's, it's exactly the same thing. And then if you walk away from something and land somewhere else, you may land in the wrong place and you're not happy. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm going to challenge you here now as somebody who is a 23 year old, who's all in my head. I don't know what I'm doing. Do you have any like tips or recommendations for how to identify what it is you want to be walking to? Because I do think it's a little bit easier said than done of just, you know, what is my next step? I am somebody who struggles with analysis paralysis and that when there's all these opportunities in front of me, I just go crazy and I don't know, you know, how to narrow down, how to narrow down what it is that I truly want to do. So how would you recommend somebody, you know, taking all the options they do have and narrowing down into something that is really going to benefit them or they're really passionate about? I think if you have the passion, it's the easy one. For me, passion goes first, but a lot of the times we don't know what we're passionate about. Right. To be honest. Me. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I, I think I only figured it out now, like two years in the pandemic, I, I think I figured it out. But the last 20 years is, yeah. So back to your question, I think is when you have the passion, follow that. The second one, if you don't know really the passion, you usually have a goal. 
right? Life goal. It could be five years, could be 10 years. What I ask people to do is just close your eyes and imagine there's a perfect world. And in five years time where you want to be like the most happiest place, not about the winning a lottery, not about that, just as a life goes. Practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, practical part. And then where, if that's the goal, then whatever the option you have that would cl- help you to close that gap in terms of your skill set, in terms of probably money or location, mm-hmm. then that would be helping you to narrow down where is your next step. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So question here. Um, I read this article recently that was talking about, and I think I actually read it to the listeners for one of my episodes. And basically what this guy was saying was that your work does not always have to be what you're passionate about. Um, because at the end of the day, work is work, right? There's always going to be things that you struggle with that you hate of your job. No job is going to be perfect. But that being said, a lot of people place so much pressure on finding a job that you are passionate about. In contrast, you can find passions outside of your work, like hobbies or things you do on the weekends, that that's where your passion lies. You still do your job and you should absolutely enjoy it, but it doesn't have to be something you're passionate about. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that it's easier or you should be able to find something that you are truly passionate about within your work? It's a really good question. I think I have two part, twofold for this. One is if, if your job is your passion, it's no longer a job. You make it so easy. Mm-hmm. You will enjoy doing it. You don't even feel like I have to do my nine to five or whatever, right? So that would be the reason most people say find something that you love or are passionate about because then it's really easy. It's, you don't even think about it. It's no longer a work. However, I agree with him. A lot of the jobs we do is a job. And there will be always 30, 40, 50% of the part of the job you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You'll hate. But there is another part that you probably enjoy. The key to really enjoy, because, I mean, two-thirds of our waking time is work, unfortunately, for most people, right? So you better enjoy that. The biggest part for me is the job need to match your value. So you may not be passionate about it, but you know that job is really matching your core value. Either it's helping people or be creative, be innovative or environments part or support unfortunate, more or less fortunate people. Then it's matching your value and belief system. Then it's also making it easier. Then no, I think that's great. That is so great. So, so can I ask what is your core value that you think your work is fulfilling at this point in your life? people people yeah i say you're coaching i actually let's this is a great transition i'm sorry we kind of took a little deviation there but i'd love to hear what you're doing now um and get into that core value piece so i'm still full-time in the corporate world so i'm working as a director for customer service now so i changed from finance into yeah so i did finance procurement um finance operations corporate control and then I went to completely operation logistic warehouse management and then share service center. And now I'm the customer service 
Okay. And we're, I'm sorry, were those the seven different like title role positions? Yes. And before we get into what you're doing now, I'm just curious, do you think that the the role you were in previously helped you to land the job that you went on to, or do you think it was kind of a big jump and you just had these soft skills that helped you get these new positions? A little bit both. Okay. Um, because I definitely didn't have, I never worked in customer service per se, mm-hmm. but the transferable skill basically is I have a big team always. I manage the uh, share service center, usually linked with customer service in some kind. And then I love transformation. Um, a lot of my jobs was about the transforming part of the organization. So that, that's where it lent me the customer service job now because they want to transform that mm-hmm. organization for EMEA and APAC region. So that's, that's what my current job. Um, but I talk about coaching because I think the last two years, it really made me, I don't know, there was a click of, I've been working with people and I realized if I have a bad day, but if I had a one-to-one with someone, have, you know, like a discussion of how their day goes, uh, what I can help them, all of a sudden my energy goes up. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like when I have a big team, we get so much done and so much accomplished and I get energy from it. And then that's also why I always say people come first. Mm-hmm. Sounds cliche, but it is real. It's, no, you can have, I always say to my boss as well, I said, or to everybody I talk to, you can have the cheap, you always find a cheaper product. You always have some more innovative. You always find those that or better system or AI these days, but you still have to have the people relationship. Mm-hmm. And those are the people make it work. They are the one creating stuff. They are the one making the innovation. They are the one dealing with a lot of stuff, admin or relationship building. So it's people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I resonate with that so much too, with the whole energy piece of what gives you energy after a long day. I, I totally understand that feeling of, you know, I, I look forward to these interviews so much and I, I took a little break for a little bit when I was moving and was transitioning and I realized I was sad like I I genuinely missed you know meeting strangers online as crazy as it sounds people think I'm nuts for it but but it is it is something that's very important to me so I think it's it's important I know that I need to be in a role that I'm engaging with new groups of people all the time or doing something if not in my work doing something like this on the side where I can still fulfill that that's like something I'm passionate about so fulfilling that on the side is what's important to me. Yeah, so that's where it got me into getting myself certified to be a coach, not just because the industry right now, there's a lot of coach out there. But for me, it was if I got myself certified, I'm more qualified to use some techniques to really help my team or the people that is now not necessarily working with me in the same company. Because everybody goes through this, right? Goes through this journey in life. Absolutely, as you right. said, and I love your podcast for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, I, I didn't know that there was a certification process for, for coaches. What does that look like? A lot of uh, study, a lot of hours. It's like a therapy, mm-hmm. right? It goes through therapy, you need to have a certain hours. So mm-hmm. for us, um, the level I am qualified is uh, a minimum three years practicing um, the certain technique. And I think 100 or 300 hours of coaching hours with real clients. Wow. Okay. 
So yeah, there is and yeah, there is observations. You need to write your people a personal statement, reflections. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very hope. cool. I was unaware that that was the thing. So you just opened my eyes to something new. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think a lot of people you can still coach without certification. Uh-huh. Um, I think for me it was a peace of mind of thinking no imposter syndrome. If I have a qualification, I yes. know. <laughs> I know. I know imposter syndrome far too well. <laughs> So as we kind of wrap this up, what would you say, other than that big move transition that happened when you were 15 or 16, um, moving away from home, what was another big challenge that stands out to you um, as you went through your career journey? Absolutely. I was, I actually wrote that down because it, it was the moment that everything just shifted for me. I think I was probably 30 yeah, probably 30 or 31. So I was doing, I was the corporate controller for investment. And I have a one person report to me, a very small team. And you literally, if you want to, if you're busy, you work until 2 a.m. and you get things done. Then they were doing some big transformations in the company. So I worked for those Fortune 500, Fortune 10 companies, so big corporations. And they were deciding to restructure part of the finance team. And going through that, they created this new brand new team and they couldn't find a department lead. And that department was like a 20, 25 people. So I was way underqualified, I think. Um, having the two people in my team and then not having years of experience. I was only 30, so I only was in the job for probably two, three years. Mm-hmm. Then I remembered we always see articles about women when you apply jobs. You always see, oh, if I'm 100% qualified, I will apply. Right. Men, on the other hand, they will apply even if it's just 20%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it asks for a graduate degree and they graduate from high school and they're like, got it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just remembered that one and I went to the CFO's office. I said, you know what? Give me that job for an interim period, six months. If I if you don't think I succeed or if I don't succeed, let me go back to my current role. If I succeed, you know, six months period, if I succeed, just let me run that department. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the biggest risk I took and it was the biggest return because that was really the moments where I know that brand new department, I have to set up strategy. I have to set up how, what people do in that department. Um, there were some people currently sitting there that much older than me so I got some challenges of what do you know you're 30 and 50 Mm. all those things right so it shaped me and it made me also realize that I could do this and I love doing it and then I think after that in the company then I was also kind of known of okay she said have something brand new she can do the transformation then I think three years on there was another um department is an operation warehouse part they were shaping up a new function brand new didn't exist and uh, I applied I said okay that's going to be a interesting part again getting myself out of the comfort zone I got that role and they just keep rolling from 20 people to I don't know it was like 30 40 and then have a share service and have 200 people and they just it just went from there that's incredible oh my gosh so you went from managing two people Actually, one, including myself. Oh, oh, you were, you were, okay, so so one person, 
you went from rent, up overseeing one person all the way up to how many was it uh it in was, your final role well in my final role now I have 90 oh my lord okay and that's in just a short span relatively yeah. short span that's yeah. incredible oh my gosh so I'm sure like you said it was felt empowering when you you succeeded that first six months challenge yeah and I, then I think that was the best risk I've ever taken. <laughs> yeah. I, so were you, would you have thought of yourself as a risk taker prior to that? Or was that just a really big step out of your comfort zone? How did you overcome that like mental block of, I know you said the whole thought behind um, women not applying to jobs, but was there anything else that you had to do to hype yourself up and say, I'm going to go get that job? Like any other tips there? <laughs> no, I think I, I, I think I always like to move. I like to get out of the comfort zone. I like to see something new and I get excited. Um, till today, I cannot understand some people can stay in the same job for 17 years, which is fine. I mean, we're all different, but for me, mm-hmm. um, that's also why I have the 11 job in the last 18 years. It's like every two years, I'm looking for something exciting, something new or three years now. And I just needed it. I need some change. And that opportunity was sitting there and they couldn't find somebody to fit into that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think it was just like, let's, let's give it a try. <laughs> yeah, that's no, awesome. What could happen, right? Yeah. No, that is amazing. I love that. That is good for you. That's a, I'm hoping it's encouraging to some listeners to go take a step out of their comfort zone and, and go for whatever it is that they're dreaming of and think is out of reach. But Obviously, like in your case, there you were more than um, qualified. So that's amazing. I think that really the people always say dream big. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really true because if you dream small and you land halfway, where are you? Not much, right? If you dream really big and you land halfway, you're still quite high. Right. No, I think that I was just reading that in a book. It was talking about making goals that are seem absolutely unfathomable. You know, if, if you want to say, I'm going to be making a hundred thousand dollars at the end of the year, say you want to be making $600,000 at the end of the year, because if you are striving for that and you, like you just said, then you come up short, coming up short on $600,000 might look like $500,000, which is far exceeding what that original goal was. But Amazing. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this morning. I really appreciate, well, I guess this evening for you, but but morning for me. Is there anything else that you'd um, like to leave the listener with? Any other words of inspiration? I feel like you've been wonderful in these little tag one-liners. So any other, any other things you want to drop here in the final minutes? Oh, I think it's determination and be bold. Just don't be scared. Just go out there. Yeah. Like people judge you. And then what? If you succeed, they can't really say anything, right? Right. And I think everything else we covered earlier. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so great. I will reach out to you after I get this edited and it's up and running so you can hear your lovely voice in your headphones. I I, I only say that because everyone always tells me how much they're not looking forward to that. So it's scary. It's scary for the first 10 seconds, but it'll be fine. But this was great. So thank you so much. Thank you. And enjoy your Sunday. Thank you. Enjoy your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye, Rebecca. Wait, wait, wait. Don't go. Okay. I'm editing the episode right now and realizing I totally forgot to give a little shout out plug to everything. 
that Rebecca is doing with her coaching. So if you want to check her out, you can check her out at vision underscore and underscore mindset. And that's on Instagram. Um, and yeah, go ahead and check it out. Also, goodness gracious, who am I? Um, I didn't even leave you with an outro. First of all, both check out vision underscore and underscore mindset, but also follow what now Megan on Instagram, of course, because it's the best Instagram in the world. Uh, you should probably like this podcast, maybe give it a follow, maybe send it to your grandma, maybe send it to a good friend, somebody who needs to pick me up. And last but not least, grab the bull by the horns. I hope you guys have a fantastic Monday. Enjoy your week and cheers. Okay. <laughs> Bye.